the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast for you here on Southern Race Week Radio's podcast platforms, which include iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening in to the podcast this week. This show aired on the weekend of Friday, September 2nd, 2022. We've got a lot to get to. Of course, we'll recap all the racing action from this past weekend for you. And also, don't forget about our social media platforms. want to remind you that you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week, or you can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And we have the email address, which is available for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SRW Radio at yahoo.com. That is SRW Radio at yahoo.com. And we've got another exciting edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast Coming up for you here in just a moment, but first, let's recap all the racing action from this past weekend as the Cup Series and Xfinity Series were at Darlington Raceway this past weekend over the Xfinity Series. Noah Grayson was your winner in the Xfinity Series at Darlington. Sheldon Creed was the runner-up. A.J. Allmendinger finishing third. Justin Allgaier in fourth. And Kyle Larson rounding out the top five. Over to the Cup Series action of the Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway. A little bit of an upset as the number 43 car of Eric Jones crossed the finish line with a checkered flag and took that petty GMS number 43 machine back to victory lane at Darlington. Congratulations there to Eric Jones. Of course, not a playoff driver, so none of the playoff drivers were the winner and did not advance to the next round. Denny Hamlin was your runner-up, Tyler Reddick finishing third, Joey Logano in fourth, and Christopher Bell rounding out the top five. And taking a look at the current standings right now in the Cup Series, Joey Logano is your number one ranked driver followed by William Byron, Denny Hamlin in third, Christopher Bell fourth, Tyler Reddick fifth, Ryan Blakeney is sixth, Kyle Larson is seventh, Ross Chastain is eighth, Chase Elliott, who had a not very good performance at Darlington, finished last in the Southern 500, is in ninth position right now, Alex Bowman in tenth, Kyle Busch in eleventh, Daniel Suarez is twelfth, Austin Sindrick in thirteenth, Austin Dillon fourteenth, Chase Briscoe in fifteenth, and Kevin Harvick, whose car caught on fire yesterday or this past Sunday at Darlington is in the 16th position. Also, congratulations to Scott McLaughlin as he wins at Portland as Will Powers widens his lead in pursuit of the IndyCar championship. There is only one race remaining in the IndyCar season. And then over to the NHRA, Ron Caps won the Pep Boys NHRA Funny Car All-Star callout on a whole shot this past Sunday in the NHRA U.S. Nationals as he took away $80,000 that was the top prize in the bonus event at Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. And for other winners from that event, just head on over to NHRA.com and, and hit results. So there you go. That's a wrap of all the racing action from this past weekend. And coming up here on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio Podcast, another star-studded edition. In just a matter of moments, we'll be speaking with the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway, Greg Walter, as he previews the upcoming Bank of America Roval Weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And then we'll be speaking with Lenny Baticki, the host of PR on the Track, with the latest in short track news. And then finally, Doug Turnbull of the Performance Racing Network will recap all the action from Daytona in the regular season finale and then also preview and give us his thoughts of the 2022 NASCAR playoffs. All that coming up for you this week here on the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Anthony Alfredo, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie. Continuing on this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast, which is available for you every Monday 
at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline, a great friend of the show, joining us from his offices there at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Greg <laughs> Walter. Mr. Walter, thank you so much for taking you the time to join us. Me. You humble me each and every time, brother. That's got still the best intro in sports. That's why I always take the call because you make me you make me feel special. Well, Mr. Walter, as we like to say, when we have a big deal guest on, we got to give him a big deal introduction. And you are a great friend of the show, sir. We always appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio as we're getting set to kick off the NASCAR playoffs here at Darlington Labor Day weekend, and you are one of the tracks that will be featured. In the playoffs coming up on the weekend of Saturday, October 8th, and Sunday, October 9th, as the Bank of America Roval 400 race weekend returns to the Charlotte Motor Speedway. So I know that you and your staff are constantly working to put together a great event for NASCAR Nation when they head to Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Roval race weekend, sir. Yeah, listen, and actually, um, we just announced, my friend, that. You know, we're going to make it big. We're going to rock the Roval on Friday night. We're going to do this really fan-centric party. Um, we're going to start, and actually, I'm, I'm kind of giving you the first blush at it. But we're actually going to do a partnership with Joe Gibbs Racing, where we're going to have their drivers do a, a Q&A session up on the stage in the fan zone. For those who were here in May, the fan zone is going to be laid out very similar with, with streets and pathways. Then we're going to do a hauler parade that's going to come by the track and, and make that just an exciting and fun time, like just, just like old school where we do with used to watch hard parades when the, when the sport was coming into town. We'll have some fun with that. And then, you know, the iconic Brett Michaels is going to do a concert on Friday night. And, and we were on the phone with him. Man, I haven't seen a guy have this much energy. He was like, we're going to rock the road, but we're going to have what he called party gras. And what a great way to start a weekend of fun for the fans. Not only that, but also, as I saw here, you'll have a Three Doors Down performing as well. And then Nelly will be rocking the stage before the race on Sunday. So you've got a lot of great musical talent that will be on hand entertaining the crowd at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And then also, as you mentioned, the, the fan zone is uh, always uh, open and always something going on there. So many great activities and things to do. Now, I know, Greg, uh, since the pandemic hit us a couple of years ago and as the world has kind of gotten back to normal a little bit and we're able to go to events, you've really seen how much Charlotte and NASCAR has been able to open things back up again and welcome fans and welcome everybody back to uh, Charlotte to enjoy great racing at your facility. Yeah, we have. I mean, it's been humbling, right, that, that people you know, trusted us for their help and safety and, and that we've got fans back in the stands that, you know, you may have seen that we, we sold out the Coca-Cola 600 and already pacing well ahead of even this year's numbers. The Roval is also pacing ahead of where it was. And we see the demand of people wanting to come back to not only our facility, but to enjoy the sport. And what's interesting is that when you look at the data, there's a lot of new people coming to the sport. There are a lot of people who are who are first timers um, who are enjoying NASCAR, and we're excited about that because it, we're seeing the, the the age of the new fans also younger than they've been in the past. So there, there's this real great storyline for our sport 
that it's it's becoming it's becoming more inclusive. More people are enjoying it. The new car, the next gen car, has made all sorts of great drama on the racetrack, and for fans to enjoy. So we are, are bullish. We're excited. Every race here is like a big family reunion because we see people who are, who are coming back, and we've had fans here from all 50 states. So it's on us, like you said, to put on a great show. All this musical talent and everything else. Um, we're just trying to put fans first and make sure that they feel it when they get here. And another great thing about your race is that your race is the cutoff race as we'll go into the round of eight. So a lot will be on the line at the Charlotte Roval race, especially if there's a lot of uh, jockeying for position to get into the round of eight. So that's very exciting. And you're one of those races that are the cutoff race going in from the round of 12 into the round of eight. You know, the Roval being such a, a what drivers call a technical course, right? It's very unforgiving. It's not like like Watkins Glen where you've got some runoff, um, which we just traditional road course. Ours is more like a city course, more like Monaco. So if you don't if you don't make a turn or whatever else, it, it's not going to give you a second chance. And that creates all this drama and tension. For, with it being a cutoff race, it creates all this drama and tension that, that fans enjoy anticipate. And, and a driver will make a – make a move, a risky move that they may or may not normally make during the regular season because it does matter. It's a cutoff. And so when the schedule came out, we were a cutoff race. Man, that's just that just puts the biggest smile on my face because it just adds more great entertainment for the folks who are out here. So our listening audience, they might want to get those tickets as quickly as they can because, like you said, they, they could be gone by the time you know it. So, uh, Mr. Walter, if our, if our listeners out there want to get their hands on tickets or maybe campground sites, if those are still available, how can they go about getting information about tickets and campground sites? Well, buddy, the, the best way is to go to the website, charlottemotorspeedway.com. Everything is on there. But if you want to talk to a, to a real person, we always love to connect with our guests, and that would be a 1-800-455-FANS, F-A-N-S. Now, uh, speaking with Greg Walter here, Executive Vice President and General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway, and even though we do know Charlotte for NASCAR action, you guys have a lot of activity that go on around the track uh, during the season. Uh, you guys have the NHRA Carolina Nationals. That's going to be coming up uh, September 23rd through the 25th, which is always fun. I love watching the NHRA races at uh, Charlotte because you get a lot of the NASCAR guys who live locally in the Charlotte Concord area who come out and check out the action of the NHRA. So that's always a lot of fun when the NHRA is at the, at Charlotte as well. It always makes me grin and smile when we take a, a NASCAR driver or a crew chief or, or team owner down to the start finish line, down to the start line, you know, the launch area for NHRA. And I mean, the top fuel and funny cars, you're talking about cars that have like 11,000 horsepower and go from, you know, zero to, to 330 miles per hour plus uh, in less than four seconds. And it's just that, that, that power and, and, and the force and the, the explosiveness of what they do. Just always, you know, people who've been in racing all their lives, it just kind of blows them away, if you will. So that's kind of a fun thing with it being here. Um, the, the, the Carolina Nationals, the Betway Carolina Nationals are actually, that's also a, a playoff race. So with the what NHRA calls the countdown. And so that's kind of exciting to see the, the drama build there as they head towards the season championship. So having both those events here and being pivotal in their respective you know, playoffs or countdown, it's kind of a neat feature here. And then also you guys have a dirt track, which is just adjacent. And November 2nd to the 5th, you'll have the World of Outlaws World Finals as well. So uh, the Dirt Racing Ultimate spe uh, Spectacle is what they call it. So that's going to be going on. And then just recently you guys made news as you'll be uh, teaming up with Ray Abraham Enterprises to build on the historic legacy of the Charlotte Auto Fair. 
So tell us a little bit about the auto fair. Uh, as I read here, it was established in 1977, and that's going to be coming up in September as well, correct? It is. So, so auto fair has been just an iconic event for, for us and our community. That's in September you know, 8th to the 10th. We do a spring one as well. We've been partnering with the Hornet's Nest for years. And what we've seen is the car culture continues to grow. And people are also seeing that, that you know, it's a blending of, of, say, music and cars. You see things like the Pebble Beach this last week out um, on the West Coast and that car show at Quail and then, then Amelia Island and Hershey and all these places where, where people are going to, to you know, celebrate you know, what's so special about cars. So we partner with Ray, his expertise and, and what he does and what he knows. Um, I mean, he, at his heart, he is a, a car enthusiast, appreciates all, all sorts of makes and models. So we want to, to build, partner with him, use his, his wisdom, if you will, and create this, this festival. And using the, the auto fair, which has been, uh, been such a core part of what we do out here, and building on that to make it even bigger. So we've got some great ideas. We're going to share more of that in the weeks to come. But, yeah, we just announced our partnership with Ray and, and just starting to work with him. I can tell you, I'm personally really excited getting to know him a little bit and all he brings. He's just got this heart for others and the way we talks about cars and, and the way fans enjoy it. Um, this is going to be big. Hey, this is Brandon Hutchison, Executive Vice President and General Manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network itself. We're continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And when we were ready to talk about the world of short track racing, there's only one guy we need to go to to get all the latest in short track news and information, and that is the host of PRN at the track. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Lenny Bartiki. Mr. Bartiki, thank you so much for taking wow. the time to join us this week on Southern uh, Racing Radio, so sir. Good. So good to be back, and thank you, as always, for that fantastic, unbelievable entry from, uh, from you. Uh, grassroots racing is still going on strong. You know, summer just about done with, but down here in these parts, there's plenty of racing still to be had. Uh, really excited to hear about everything going on. As you mentioned, the summer is uh, wrapping up here, but we've still got a lot of short track news and information to get to. So, Lenny, why don't you let us know what's been going on with the World Short Track Racing, maybe some of the results of uh, some of the events that have taken place here for the last uh, weekend or so. Well, Hartwell Speedway's got a young star on the rise, Bryson Briscoe, winning a couple of races back-to-back. This kid's in one of their mini-stock divisions, a young 15-, 16-year-old that seems to be able to really capture, you know, the crowd as well as, you know, being able to bring the car to victory lane. So keep your eye on a, a name, Bryson Briscoe, that races uh, primarily at the, uh, the hartwell Winder Barrow area in there. Uh, Tacoa Speedway had one of my favorite uh, nicknames in all of racing, Chadillac Puckett. He won down there at Tacoa the other night. And at Livonia, it was Joshua Bishop. Now, why is Livonia so uh, important? Well, this weekend, the World of Outlaws case-building late models will be in town. Wow. On a holiday weekend, to be able to get out and go see some great racing there. They follow up uh, the next night at Cherokee, not too far away uh, in South Carolina. The late models are coming, and that could mean 
we could see some Georgia drivers up front. And also, I wanted to bring this up to you, uh, Lenny. Some uh, history was made in the Arkham Menard Series at the Milwaukee Mile as they had the most women. They had, uh, I believe, six women on the entry list uh, for this race. And it goes a long way to show that the the ladies are really making their presence felt in the world of short track racing as well, sir. And I know you've probably seen well, a lot of very successful young ladies making their way up, up through the ranks. And one of the, the best that uh, has come by in uh, the most recent decade uh, is right there from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Taylor Jorgensen, a driver of extraordinary talent that uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway developed on their Thursday Thunder and uh, just a great family. Her her brother, Jensen, still racing strong in the pro divisions wherever he goes. So uh, you've got him. You've got uh, drivers all across uh, the, the Peach Strait that, uh, you know, uh, just happen to be females and just happen to wheel it into victory lane on a pretty regular basis. So uh, I think the, uh, the gender gap is uh, rather narrow when it comes to uh, the talent base there in the Peach State. Speaking with Lenny Patiki here, the host of PRN at the track on this week's edition of Southern Racing Radio as we talk a little bit of short track news. And uh, Lenny, I know even though we still have lots and lots of great events coming up here on the schedule, of course, Five Flag Speedway always got a lot of great stuff going on, Sonoya as well. So uh, could you give some of our listeners maybe some of the events that are coming up here over the next few weeks that they might want to have uh, on their schedule and calendars to, uh, to check out and enjoy? Yeah, I, I tell you, we're always at this point in the year starting to count down the races towards the uh, Snowflake and Snowball Derby at Five Flags because a lot of drivers are going to be going down there from the southeast. You know, Corey Heim, still a driver that we get to see running in the Xfinity and Truck Series, but i got to believe he's got that car stuck away, just ready to go. Same thing with Bubba Pollard. Uh, Casey Roderick now lives a little further down the Gulf Coast, but you know, he's still a Georgia boy. He's going to be there. The Snowball Derby, not too far away for those guys and their crew members to be going, yeah, that's the one we want to keep right. We want to keep that one right over there. We want to work on it a little bit at a time so we get it just where we want it. And those are some things that are happening throughout the weeks as we lead into uh, that magic month of December down at Five Flags. And Sonoya, you know, of course, they've got – their big purse race coming up uh, towards the end of the year, but a lot of local nights that will be happening there. I mentioned Winder, Barrow, Tacoa, Hartwell. Swainsboro's got a huge race going to be going on, not only on their Thanksgiving race, but they're going to come back September 10th with a Saturday night race down there that I think fans will want to make the trip over to beautiful Swainsboro to see. So, yes, alive and well and exciting the racing that's happening all across uh, the Peach State. And Peach State driver Andrew Stone, whose family was a part of the Oglethorpe Speedway uh, crew, he just got a win uh, across the border up to Sumter, South Carolina. So Stoney getting another victory and uh, bringing the trophy back from uh, the state there at Palmetto State to uh, the Peach State. And, of course, uh, great streaming sites all over the Internet now that does a lot of these uh, broadcasts. Back in the day, you would never see any of these great events because no one would be televising them. But now because of like of like sites like Flow Racing and all of that, they're really giving the viewers an opportunity to check out a lot of these great short track events and also seeing the future drivers who can potentially be the next drivers up in the Xfinity Series, Truck Series, or even the Cup Series sometime down the road. Yeah, you are so right. And, and you still want to go out because there's nothing like experiencing a grassroots racetrack and being there in the grandstands, sharing the moment, sharing the smell, sharing the food, sharing all of the ups and downs and the things that you can only get when you're at the live event. 
But you're not at a live event every night and almost every night, especially during the summer. And even here, as we get closer to fall, there is plenty of racing to be able to watch, whether it's on Flow, Dirt Vision, Pit Road TV, uh, Racing America, on and on and on. There are great sites to be able to go see. And, yeah, it probably costs you about the same as a, a ticket, but you're sitting in your house. You got the refrigerator, you got the restroom, and it's <laughs> midweek. And then on the weekend, you can still go out with all your rowdy friends and cheer them on at your famous, uh, you know, local grassroots track and, uh, you know, get the best of both worlds. But don't forget to go and see them live because that is the best way to always see a race. And, of course, Lenny Batiki always giving the latest short track news and information. Check out PRN at the track, his weekly podcast. Just go to uh, goprn.com, click on the shows tab, and you can always go there or check out one of your local podcast locations to check out PRN at the track. And Mr. Batiki, if our listeners out there want to follow along and keep up with what's going on in the world of short track news, where can they go to get that information and follow along with you? Give us a follow on our Twitter page. We keep it updated virtually every hour of every day of the week. PRN's at the track on Twitter. PRN's at the track on Twitter. We'll keep you updated with grassroots racing information. Hey, listeners, this is Jamie Little from NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. We continue on with this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as we get set to go playoff racing Labor Day weekend, everything kicks off at Darlington Raceway as 16 drivers will battle it out for a chance to hoist up the NASCAR Cup at the end of the season at Phoenix. And to break down all the action from Daytona this past weekend and also preview his thoughts of what's coming up in the NASCAR playoffs here in 2022, let's bring in a pit reporter, turn announcer, also an announcer for the Performance Racing Network and also the host of the Five to Go podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Doug Turnbull. How you doing, my brother? How do you have any voice left after doing that? That's my question. <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, training, a lot of exercise. I mean, I have a full workout <laughs> regiment to uh, prepare myself for these uh, uh, interviews. Uh, so f- thank you so much for the care and the consideration. Really appreciate that, uh, Mr. Turnbull, as we're always uh, a great friend of the show, taking time to uh, join us this week here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully everything's going great for you today, my friend. Yeah, brother, man. It's really been going okay. Been busy with my full-time job in the, on the traffic side there, and you know how that is living oh, yeah. in Atlanta yourself, but then also just <laughs> – a lot to process after this past weekend here, which I know we're getting into because that's what set the stage for these playoffs. Yeah, just a crazy, crazy week at, uh, at Daytona, Doug. I mean, a lot of great racing, but uh, I, I feel like only 10 or 9 cars. It, it felt like it was like that scene from Talladega Nights where it's just like all the cars yeah. crashed out and, and two guys are racing to the finish line on their feet. But it was it was, it was just insane, that race at Daytona. What did you take away from the uh, – the 400 this past uh, Saturday night, or I guess Sunday since it rained out. But uh, well, what, yeah, what do you think Sunday of that? After, <laughs> it ended up ending on a Sunday evening, not too far from when the start time would have been for that race Saturday night. Uh, but goodness, uh, yeah, that was, it's hard to even process everything that happened there. Uh, and really with the Xfinity race too, both of them have that similar chaotic feel. I think they were more chaotic even than expected uh, but just being that that's the regular season ender for the Cup Series and for the Xfinity Series, that's the only chance that a lot of those teams have to run up front, you know. And, and just when you throw in some rain, you throw in the threat of rain, the urgency of both series, and you just had an absolute crash fest, especially coming toward the end of those. Uh, so, I mean, look, 
you got to hand it to Austin Dillon. He went went down to the apron when the rain hit the racetrack there, and it was like there were. I mean, I remember seeing Harrison Burton go left, Todd Gillen go right, Austin Dillon right down the middle on the apron. That that was the winning move. You know, there was some question as to whether Kevin Harvick might have been the leader, but NASCAR ruled that he didn't maintain minimum speed. If they had called the race, then that really would have been an interesting call, right, Alfie? Because if Harvick had been declared the winner, he wasn't actually able to continue in the race once it resumed three almost three and a half hours later. So that that would have been something else. And, of course, that would have changed the playoff topography. When the race was red flagged, Ryan Blaney was on the wrong side of the playoff cut line. All they have to do is rescind the red flag that wounded and limped around six laps down or whatever it was, number 12 Ford, passes all of those cars that crashed out on the on the before the you know, before the red flag came out and then he gains the spots that Truex needed and Truex couldn't keep up with the main pack and so he ends up missing by three or four points I think Blaney would have gotten it on tiebreakers so he needs it on four missed it by four positions basically to Truex to race into the playoffs and that wouldn't have even been a scenario at all except for the fact that Kurt Busch of course ruled himself out of the playoffs because he still recovered from the concussion so there is two spots on the line and any of about a dozen to 14 drivers that could have gotten into those spots. I don't know. That, a couple of things that make, make things look goofy. It really would have been ideal if the caution could have come out before a dozen cars wrecked in turn one with the rain. I think it also really needs examining that two weeks in a row we had drivers that had either playoff implications on Kyle Larson's side where he used up Chase Elliott, or in Austin Dillon's case, he was not going to lift at all in Austin Syndrome, no matter if that got the two-car squirrely or not. Both cases, you had pretty much a wreck-to-win mentality, although that's not exactly what happened. And although we want to see that sometimes, if that becomes the trend each week, late restart, and then I'm going to use up a leader because I need to advance in the playoffs or make the playoffs, at some point, Alfie, I think that gets won't say old, but you know, I, I think that I think that brings into question some things, right? Because you know, I mean, you don't see people running, racing each other uh, in a track race. You know, runners pushing each other out of the way, right? So, what, what what is the line here? But it's also the box I've been put into because of how important winning is and how much these cars are so unpredictable and so similar. Speaking with Doug Turnbull here, the Performance Racing Network, as we break down the action of Daytona and preview the upcoming playoffs, which kicks off at Darlington Raceway on Labor Day weekend. And now, Doug, we've got our 16 drivers locked in. Chase Elliott, the number one seeded driver with four wins, already has a 15-point cushion over Joey Logano, who is in the second position right now. What are your expectations for Chase Elliott as we get ready for Darlington? Yeah, well, I mean, Chase Elliott has definitely been the most consistent of late. You could have made that argument just a few weeks ago that Ross Chastain, based on consistent finishes, was right up there. But Chastain has been on a stretch of double-digit finishes lately that's been eye-raising and, and or eyebrow-raising. And I think some of that with Chastain has to do with with, with some of the uh, ghosts, let's say, are coming back to haunt him that he's, he has executed on the racetrack, right, uh, by him using up other drivers. And I think that's made could only intensify as we get into the playoffs and some pivotal moments there when you think about the clashes he's had with Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. and, and Chase Elliott and a few others, right? Um, I do think that Chase Elliott statistically – you have to say, is the favorite going in. But remember last year where it was by far and large Kyle Larson that was the favorite? Kyle Larson, at one point during the Charlotte Roval race at the end of round two last year, was on the wrong side of the cut line, okay? So was Chase Elliott, by the way. And they both raced their way back in in that race, and they were both having statistically, well, uh, Kyle Larson especially, really good years. So, uh, you know, Kevin Harvick 
that well, two years ago with, ended up with nine race wins at the end of the year but didn't make the championship four. We could sit there and slice it and dice it all we want. Chase Elliott could go out and lay two eggs and be out of these playoffs. He has 25 playoff points, which is 10 more than any other driver. He has a 15-point lead going into the playoffs over Joey Logano, who's, who's more, really employing more the walk, softly carry a big stick mantra this season. I think Logano is. But he's but he, sitting there, and he's got you know one of the better – uh, uh, statistical profiles of people that are in these playoffs. And Legato lines up second. Chastain, because of his stage wins and his two race wins, lines up in the playoff third. But he's been trending the wrong way lately, has Chastain. And I think, too, that Kyle Larson, for as much luster as 2022 has had versus last year, has been lost. I mean, Kyle Larson has been running better lately. I know he blew an engine to Daytona, but he won the week before Watkins Glen. And I think he's gonna. He and Elliott are definitely gonna be the bellwethers of these playoffs. But I say definitely anybody could get hot. We just saw Alfred a couple of weeks ago where Kevin Harvick won two races in a row, and that was not expected at all. Where did that come from, right? So anybody could catch fire. I do think these a lot of these one win guys that w- would be back in the points. Chase Briscoe, even Daniel Suarez. I hate to say Chase Briscoe and Alex Bowman, Austin Dillon. It's gonna be tough for them. They cannot run the way they've been running, especially Briscoe, Dillon, and Bowman, and get anywhere deep in these playoffs. Uh, Mr. Turnbull, if our listeners want to follow along with you, because you do a lot of tweeting during uh, race coverage and everything like that, where can they go to follow you and keep up with what's going on with you as well as NASCAR as well? At Doug Turnbull on Twitter, and then it's our 5 to Go Racing podcast. I'm on there with Dan Elliott and Devin Kupka, who's a, who's a young race fan, Gen, Gen Z race fan, and in college there. He brings a lot of stats to it. Dan Elliott, of course, is Chase's uncle, Bill's brother. We do that uh, Five to Go Racing podcast and all your podcasty like places, just like this one. So yeah, get your racing bill here. We'd love to interact with you. Hey, this is Rutledge Wood from NASCAR on NBC, and you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far flung Southern Race Week Radio network at Southie as we wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And uh, if you want to hear back this week's episode, of Southern Race Week Radio, you can do so. All you got to do is head over to our podcast platform locations, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Every Monday, you'll be posted a new edition of Southern Race Week Radio. You can also go back and listen to our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio. So you can go back and listen to all our great interviews that we conducted with all the big names in NHRA, IndyCar, NASCAR, as well as the uh, short track circuits all over the United States of America. So you get it all right here on Southern Race Week Radio. And once again, we want to thank our great guests for uh, joining us this week. Of course, Greg Walter, the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway. Lenny Patiki, the host of PRN on the track with the latest in short track news. And then also thanks to Doug Turnbull of the Performance Racing Network for breaking down and previewing the NASCAR playoffs for 2022. Also, don't forget about our social media platforms. You can check us out on Facebook and Twitter. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash southernraceweek. And you can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And if you like and follow us on our social media platforms, we're always delivering to you the latest in racing news 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all available for you there on our Facebook page and our Twitter handle as well. And also, we got an email address. So feel free to email us anytime you like. Drop comments thoughts about racing, or maybe you're an up-and-coming driver who'd like to be on the program. Love introducing our audience to up-and-coming and and brand-new drivers that are making some noise along whatever um, series they are involved with. So please email us anytime at srwradio at yahoo.com. 
That is srwradio at yahoo.com. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend, and we'll catch back up with you next week here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.